I believe we're coming to a place in uh, Christendom and in America, especially, where we need to be very cautious. It says, take heed how you hear, what you hear. And if we're not careful, I think that there's a lot of a teaching of principles today, but that may well be good, but the, the, the Word of God doesn't say preach, preach the principles of the Scripture. The Bible says preach the Word. And the only thing that's going to help people is not what Pastor Harvey thinks, but, but what, what God says or what I think and say, which is in direct accordance with the Word of God. We have these teachers on our uh, Christian media today, on the radio and what have you, Christian radio, and they're Christian psychologists. Well, God didn't call Christian psychologists to preach. He called men to give forth the word of God who've been God called. And, and see, so many of these men, one fellow, he wrote a book, and it was so well received by everybody, and one man wrote in and said, well, why... Uh, why didn't you use more scripture in your writing of this book? I don't know if it was tough, tough love or something like that. And he said, well, I was encouraged by a number of people not to use much scripture. And look at how it's being used. No, I, I, I kind of believe God uses his word more than our fancy philosophies. And the only thing that's going to build us up in the most holy faith is the word of God. The only reason our teenagers uh, act like a bunch of demons is because they, the Word of God has not had a, a place in their life. You know what really proves true is when they get to a certain age, which way are they going to go? When they can go on their own. And they get to that place there where they become to manhood and womanhood. That shows what's right in their heart. If they want to serve the devil, I'll tell you just that they, they had that all hidden, and all it starts coming out. Well, with mom and daddy around, or the preacher around, or the church around, or whatever's around, uh, that, that'll show the real you, won't it? When you're all by yourself. Someone said, you just, uh, you just be all by yourself in a room and turn the lights out, and what you think about, that's you! A lot of truth about that. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he! We, re we preached on Sunday about the fact in Revelation there how that no whoremongers, idolaters, and on and on shall have their part in liars. Well, we all come out of the womb speaking lies, so it's not talking about a person that told a lie one time. It's talking about a person that their whole lifestyle is whoremongering. Their whole lifestyle style is idolatry, idol worship. It's their whole lifestyle is perversion. Their whole lifestyle is lying all the time. They're going to hell. And if you're, you realize that there are people tonight that are in hell right now, and they would have never thought about committing adultery. You ever think about that? There are people who have never thought of talking, telling a lie, a, a purposeful lie. Just, I'm talking about when they came to manhood or womanhood. There are little old ladies and little old men who would have never thought about doing a perverted act. But they're in hell right now. 
And they're with all those other filthy people because they never obeyed the gospel and repented and trusted Christ as their Savior. Don't you believe that? A lot of moral people in hell. But then there's the immoral ones too. But thank God all the ones that are in heaven, they've been made moral. They've been made righteous. They've been made pure by faith in Jesus Christ and repentance. No repentance, no salvation. I, I, I teach people late, more lately. I tell them, you know what? Repentance plus faith in Jesus Christ equals always salvation. True repentance. No repentance, no salvation. No faith in Jesus Christ, no salvation. But repentance of your sin plus faith in the blood of Jesus Christ equals always salvation. Oh, we're in an age today that don't want to preach on repentance. Well, if they don't think they need to repent, then why was Jesus preaching the greatest preacher that ever lived? The God-man preached, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And his predecessor, John the Baptist, Jesus said, was the greatest man born of woman, was John. And John said the same message, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And preacher Harvey's message and your message is, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And yet some have redefined repentance and say, sinners don't have to repent. My Bible says they do have to repent. And we Christians need to repent all the time too after we do get saved. Not for salvation, not for eternal life, we already have that, but to keep our heart clean with God so we can be used of Him. Well, preach the Word. Preach the Word. Let's stand and read uh, these verses uh, that my mother, these are my mother's favorite verses in uh, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. I thought they'd be a good springboard for tonight. You say, well, I just came to hear a little sermonette from uh, some preacher that smokes cigarettes and everything else. And No, you came to the wrong place. Amen? We're going to preach the Word. Some people say, oh, I don't like long sermons. You wouldn't have liked Paul then, would you? He preached till midnight, and Eutychus fell out of the window. He raised them back from the dead, and he stayed and preached till dawn. He was leaving the next day. Some people say, oh, if you preach over 30 minutes, you've lost your congregation. They weren't very interested, were they? Hmm? The people in India, they just come and and stay there by the hours, and the, the stench of their bodies, you can smell it all through the place. Carapelli told me, he said, oh, Jack, you ought to be there. He said, they don't even have to see the speaker. They're up in the back room up there, and the smell of their bodies is so terrible. But they stay for hours, stay all day to hear the preaching of the Word of God. He said, oh, you ought to come. He said, these people in America are a bunch of deadheads and don't want any truth. They don't want any sacrifice for Christ. And he said, just come. I've never been there. I want to go to India one day. And the Lord may make it possible. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Great verse of Scripture here. Just follow along with me, please. Tells us, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding in all thy ways. Acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Now let's read it together, pausing at any punctuation. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. 
Our Father, we thank Thee already for the prayer time. We thank Thee for the good songs. We thank Thee, Lord, for the offering for Brother Aguiar and his wife, great need. And dear Lord, we thank Thee now for the other songs that we've sung, and then now, Lord, the, the words that we've heard. Dear Lord, bringing our attention about the camp coming up so soon, even next Monday. We pray thy blessing upon that. Then the mission conference to follow. His Baptist Church is the very beginning of this independent Baptist church fellowship here in America. We pray thy blessing upon it. Dear Lord, we're just thankful that we can be a part of it. We just pray thy blessing upon us. We've heard that many are planning on coming down, maybe even Brother Moore from up around Dallas may come down for those two days. We would delight in having him. And then all these good missionaries coming by four, five, or six different ones, Lord, families, and these single fellows. And we rejoice, our Father. These young men called of thee to preach the gospel. Thirty Over 30 years old, I believe both of them are, still waiting for a wife and still cheerful about it. We thank thee for that desire in their hearts to preach the word now and to reach their own people in the Philippine Islands. Bless us now tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Doesn't it say, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart? There's so many things in the Bible we need to do with all our heart. Do you love the Bible with all your heart? Oh, how love I thy law. It is my meditation all the day. Is that your testimony? If not, we don't love the Bible enough. This is what we ought to be meditating on all day long. Not our problems. Not our lack of money. Or lack of entertainment or fun. Or even lack of work. Well, just what? Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. And then lean not unto thine own understanding. Just love God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. And you're fulfilling the greatest commandments in the Bible. I'm telling you, there's not one person in this whole church that loves God as much as they should. That's the pastor included. We don't love the Lord as much as we could. I wonder if we love his word as much as we could. The way we throw the Bible around today so glibly. You know, men lost their blood for this. They lost their life for this book to give us this holy word of God. What about Adoniram Judson? And they had all those upheavals there, and he had to stick this in a, in a pillow, stick his translation in a pillow. Somehow it was gloriously preserved. Oh, what about William Carey, who we heard about just recently? He's over on the field, and his wife went crazy. So he got rid of his wife. No, he did not. He kept his wife till God took her life. He didn't put her in an institution. He did his best to take care of her. She wanted to go back to England, but he never, he didn't see that God's will was to let her go back to England. He didn't go to, to India to go back to England. When they went in missionary trips in those days, they went for life. Maybe never to come back. Many of them were able to come back, but some were not as much as others. Some hardly at all. 
He stayed on the field, just stayed and stayed. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. You can't figure out life because, you, because life was given us by God and you can't figure God out. So why try to figure everything out? Why don't you just trust instead? It's a very much a lack of faith to try to figure everything out. And why this and why that? No, just trust. That's what God wants, trust. That's what the Bible it commands us. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. And lean not, you're commanded not to lean unto thine own understanding. What should you do? In all thy ways, acknowledge him. And he shall direct thy path. That's what we ought to do. What does it say in the scriptures in Romans 8, 28? And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. To them who are the called according to his purpose. So why is all this happening to me in this life? Why can't I get along with this loved one? Maybe it's you. I always think it's the other one. All things work together for good, to them that love God. To them who are the called, the called, according to his purpose. What about 2 Kings 4, uh, the, the widow? She lost her husband. How do you think she felt about the whole thing? 2 Kings Chapter 4, this is, we just finished a little bit of this in our family devotions. I hope you have family devotions. I hope your children can look back and, and see that you read the Bible and prayed with your wife and your children. We heard we should do it when we were young Christians, newly married. I even prayed with my wife before we got married. First date I went, we went in this old big international truck whatever they called it, and we drove out over the Newport River. And I said, let's have a word of prayer. Kind of shocked her, I'm sure. But I was saved. Then shortly after that, I said, I'm looking for a wife. I've had a lot of girlfriends. I'm looking for a wife. If you're not interested, it's all over. That's just the Yankee way in me. And so I still got her. Been married 30-some years ago, eight, almost 40. We're going down 40. 40 is the number of judgment. 38 years we've been married, I believe it is. Well, the best thing is to start with prayer. Had family devotions all those years. For 38 years, and before that, we've been having family devotions. I recommend it to you. You're going to have some rough road in you and some hard places in your walk with the Lord. You and your wife, and they're not gonna, you're not going to know why things didn't go just like you want them to. And people turn against you. You preach to them, and, and they go down to the easy church. They don't want the strong preaching from Preacher Harvey. I met a, one fellow and preached for him there in West Virginia. He said, I had a man, I think it was with me 30 years, and he stood right in this door. He even bought this property for our church, and he said, I've had all I, I've had all I can take of you, preacher. <laughs> That's pretty pitiful. What if we all did that in our marriage like they do with preachers of the gospel? Another man in Florida, he said, a man stayed with me 40 years. And he left the other week. 
this was said about seven years ago, 40 years he was with him. And the thing he said, not that he left me, but where he went to such a shabby, a compromising church, just, he just couldn't believe it. Oh, I thought you, the Bible says, be thou faithful unto death, and I'll give thee a crown of righteousness. Amen? Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. We are our homes today. Our wives and our husbands are so fickle instead of faithful. You don't stay together because you love your husband or you love your wife. You stay together because it's right. Well, I don't love her anymore. You dumb belly, a dumb idiot. You should get married because it's the will of God to begin with anyhow. You should be fond of her, I know, but she should be the will of God for you. You can grow to love somebody. Now, I was nuts about my wife when I got married, but I'm saying... The Bible implies just pray the will of God. Amen. These people say, oh, I don't love him anymore. More women are saying that than guys. I don't love him anymore. I don't have anything. Oh, that's a bunch of Hollywood garbage. You've been reading too much junk. Amen. Or you've been out there working with some other man all the time, and he's telling you how good you smell. And your wife knows you stink. I mean, your husband knows you. Anyhow. Okay, I'm just trying to be... I'm just trying to be sensible with you and get your attention. You know, oh, you look so nice today. Oh, would you have lunch with me? And as she went out the door, they were fussing so bad it was terrible, wasn't it? And she comes in, and women are not, uh, says Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in the transgression. When Eve partook of that fruit of the tree, she was beguiled, friends. The Bible says so. But when Adam partook of the fruit, he knew just what he was doing. Why it's so dangerous to have your wife out in the workforce with all these, these uh, Romeos out there. How do you expect your wife after you've had, you're having all that financial difficulty and you bought things you shouldn't have bought and you can't pay for them and she doesn't know how to take it and she's out having another job and can't hardly make it? This guy that she knows has three times as much money as you? And what? Invites her out for lunch? And there she goes. Hmm? Come on now. This is happening every day in America. And there aren't many preachers like me preaching against it. And these Christian psychologists on the radio are not preaching against it either. Because God didn't call them to preach the word. Or they'd be preaching it. Or God would kill them. I believe that. They ought to get off the radio. They don't have, if they don't do some preaching and giving out of the holy word of God, they ought to get off the radio. They're wasting, the, wasting all their money. This is the only answer for the needs of families today. It's the word of God. Not all these principles. You, you listen to a lot of this teaching, and it's all principles and no scripture. No scripture. I get sick of all this principle stuff. It sounds very intellectual, but it won't do any good. The only thing that will change a teenager's life is the Word of God and the preaching of the Word of God. God has chosen by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Not foolish preaching, but the foolishness of preaching. And it doesn't say teaching either. 
We need some declaration. We need some emphatic truth. We need the verities of the scripture preached. God says, don't you worry about everything. You trust me. Here's this widow. Her husband dies. She's a widow of a, pro- of a prophet, of, of, says the sons of the prophet. And he dies, and the creditor comes because he, he was broke. He was preaching not for money. He was preaching for God. Amen. You know what she, uh, she does? She goes and she runs to the man of God. The man of God says, go and find all the vessels you can find. Borrow not a few. As one fellow in my girl's school taught about that, the young boys must have had pretty good rapport, being the prophet's sons, for them to even give them all their vessels to fill them with oil. They went and borrowed all these vessels from all their neighbors. Must have had a pretty good relationship with their neighbors. And she goes back there and she starts pouring. What do you, he said, first of all, what do you have in the house? She said, nothing but a pot of oil. Well, she, he said, that's enough. Hey, man, go get all those vessels. And she starts pouring out and pouring out and pouring out. And, and she says, Is, get me another vessel. He said, we, we've got all we can, Mom. There's no more left, no more vessels left. By the way, the creditor was going to take the boys and be the, they were going to be their slaves and their servants. You say, well, God won't take care of his preacher or the widow of the preacher. God sure will. And she comes back and she said, well, I got all these pots of oil. He said, pay your debt and sell the rest and live off the rest. And to God be the glory. Hallelujah. And her need was met. But she didn't trust in her own, try to figure it all out, did she? What about Hezekiah when he got in trouble? He went up to the temple, the house of God, and he spread it before the Lord. He said, Sennacherib's after us, and we're, we're going under. And God says, you think you're going under. We're going up, son. Many times the Lord, when you do that, he says, he said, you won't even have to fight. I, don't, I think you had to fight in that battle. But I, some of them, you don't even have to fight. We read in our family devotions tonight earlier and boy i'll tell you god thundered over those people remember there where they were all the they just was so bad and terrible with the king that they were even cannibalizing their own it was so bad the king the two women and the king you recall all that terrible terrible situation with the one boy and then they said the next day the next boy and i don't want to get into all that it's so terrible that's what sin will bring you to cannibalism the king's crying out and God's man says by the time this time tomorrow things are going to be different (laughs) now he went to bed that night didn't think anything was going to be different but God's man said it was going to be different and these four lepers went over there and somehow they said let's just surrender to the Syrians, because if we don't, we're going to die here. We're going to die there. We're starving to death. All the beasts were dying, and the people were about ready to die. They said, let's give ourselves up to the Syrians, I believe it was. They go over there, and they find that God had made such a racket in their 
hearts that they just knew that the king of Israel had gathered all these troops against them and he, he'd caused this great noise to come and they were so scared they ran for their lives and ran and God's, God's thunder was, was on their ears all the way to the river, I believe. They, they left all their stuff all the way along. They got the king up in the middle of the... Well, first, they went in there, the four, uh, the four lepers, leprous men, and they got all the, all the food they wanted and ate all the food. Then they filled their bellies full and they said, oh, let's take the gold. We know we can get something out of that. And they started taking the gold and everything, hauling it back over. And by the second or third trip, they said, we do not well. Here are all these people are, are starving and we need to tell them that somehow their tents are all open and they've got all this good a spoil over here. So they go back and what happens? They tell the king and he said, oh, I know they're in, they have an ambushment. They're going to try to kill us, but go ahead and send anyhow. And they found out they'd left all their stuff all the way to the river. God chased them all the way to the river. Hallelujah. Because he wanted to make sure his people were provided for at the answer to what the preacher, the prophet had said would take place. And they go over and they spoiled all the things. And the one who'd said that it would never happen if God would open the windows of heaven, it would not take place. And the prophet said, you'll see it, but, it, but you'll, you'll, you'll not enjoy it. And the people trod upon him. They just ran him over. So he died at the very answer of the prophecy of the man of God. God can still open the windows of heaven for you. pour you out a blessing you say oh i'm going under for the 10th time amen and i'm just going under well praise god he'll lift you up just trust him you say well i think i'm dying well praise god there's something worse than dying that's going to hell and we don't have to worry about that amen you just die and wake up in heaven the bible calls the the death of a saint sleep you just fall asleep and you wake up in another in god's heaven i don't think that's too bad But it is our enemy. Death is our enemy. What does the Bible say? But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches. I, I, I don't know. In glory. According to his riches in glory. Not his riches down here. According to his riches in glory. I've really never seen that before. I'd memorized that verse so long ago. What? My, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory. By Christ Jesus. The great problem with most of us is we have so much in the bank we have to worry about it all the time. You say, that's not me. It's not me either. But that's true of a lot of people. Isn't that right? You got to worry about people going to take it away from you. Well, you better lay up some treasures in heaven, either in the servicemen center or in the church house or admissions or something. You better lay some treasures up in heaven. Those that are laying them up down here are losing them. They can lose them just as quickly as you get them. Seek not to be rich, the Bible says. The Bible says what? Riches brings a lot of problems. Go to the what? What does that say? Go to the Anthel Slugger, but I'm talking about go there over in James about the riches. What's that say? Hmm? What is it? 
That's right. That's what I want. Go to now, ye weep and uh, weep and howl, ye rich. You say, I want to be rich. No, I want to be rich in God. I want to be rich in grace. Say, I want to drive a new automobile like everyone else does. Well, if you want to be in debt for five to seven years, go for it. And we'll cry for you when you can't hardly make your payment, too. We'll cry with you. When you could have used it on something more beneficial and got a used car a couple years old. Hello. All this, I want, I want, I want. I don't care what you want. I want to know what God wants in my life. Amen? A little got a cross there. I'll tell you, the only thing that counts is the preaching of the cross. But to the world, it's foolishness. But on us which are saved, it's the power of God. These teenage girls, what, what does God want for your life? Well, just act like everyone else, and the first drip that comes along, just get all excited about them, and you go to bed crying every night too. When you want to go to church, and he doesn't care one thing about God or the Bible. And you got saved, and you cry every night. I'll cry with you, but they won't. I mean, how, how do you know you're going to get him saved? How do you know you're going to get her saved? Solomon's wives sure ruined him, didn't they? And he was the wisest man that ever lived, but he couldn't handle women, could he? But Solomon loved many strange wives. And when he got old, he started making images to his wives. Well, God had told him in the Bible, don't have foreign wives. And then another command was, what? Don't multiply wives, riches, or horses. You say, I kind of like this Muslim thing, four wives. Well, talk to Jacob about it. Before Pharaoh, he says, few and evil are the days of my pilgrimage. You end up with two sisters, and all you wanted was Rachel, and you end up with Leah first. And I don't, even know, I don't know if he just had to work seven days or, or seven years to get the second one, or he got her right away, or he had to wait and got her seven years. I don't know. He got a mess is what he got. He received nothing but a mess, and then they wanted to fight so much and have boy babies and outdo the sister, each one that they gave their handmaids to him. And Jacob only wanted one wife, ended up with four wives. And he says, few and evil are the days of my pilgrimage. Abraham brought Hagar out of Egypt, and Sarah didn't have enough wisdom, although she was very humble and she was obedient to Abraham. God uses her a good example in Peter. Well, what does she do? Go into Hagar. Ishmael is the result of that. What a mess that is. You always bring a bunch of junk out of Egypt. Egypt's always a type of the world. So he gets Ishmael. Praise God. God had Isaac in mind by Sarah to be the promised seed. You might have to wait on God, though. Someone has said you never waste time waiting on God. It's not wasted time waiting on God. See, everybody, the Bible says don't try to get rich quick. Just let God make you rich. And if he makes you rich, by the way, you know, it's a real, uh, I was over there just at the new HEB there just yesterday. 
and uh, what was I? Oh, I was over there to get some bulbs and everything. And oh, I walked in. The music was just awful. It was just so loud and so awful. So I found a man there. I couldn't even think about the bulbs or anything, and the store was so new to me. I couldn't find my way around. So I I went up and I said, Oh, please, I want to I want to make a a kind uh, comment about something around here. Who do I see? And they directed me here, and then finally this other guy, and finally I told this lady, and she said, she said, oh, and by then, I said, I'd like it like this all the time. They turned it almost off completely, and, and she said, oh, there were others that complained too, and, and that's why it's down so low. I said, well, that's nice. That's nice. But in the meantime, I was talking to another fella, and he'd worked for Walmart, I, I told him, I said, I said, I just go over to Walmart. I said, I like H-E-B real well, but I can't stand this music in here. It's, that's when it was still going on. Then I finally went to the lady over there. He said, oh, I worked for Walmart for 20 years, I think he said. I said, did you know that Herman E. Butts wouldn't have liked this music either? He didn't even know who the guy was. I said, he's the one who started H-E-B. I said, he even, had, he even let people and, and closed his store up on Wednesday so people could go to church on Wednesday. He never heard that. He said, is that right? <laughs> I said, I don't think he'd like this music either. And the guys kind of smiled, and he said, he said I'm, I'm with you, preacher, or something like that. And I said, Sam Walton was a Christian too. Isn't that something? Walmart and Sam's Club had no alcohol when those men were on the scene. H-E-B had no alcohol when old Hermione Butts was there. Surely not if he let him off on Wednesday to go to church. Do you think it was open on Sunday? Boy, you need your head examined. People believed something in those days. You know, there were men when the railroad started going on and working on Sunday, and they said, I'm quitting my job. I'm not working on Sunday. It's the Lord's Day. People fly all over the world on Sunday and treat it like any old, any old day of the week. And they're doing that over in Iraq now, aren't they? Doing it in Kuwait. Treating Sunday like any other day. And the Muslims treat, what is it, Friday? Thursday and Friday? Friday. Huh? Oh, Thursday's their Saturday. Friday's their, their Sunday. And they worship a a God who's no God. Allah. Mohammed is dead, but my Christ is alive forevermore. And Sunday's the day. He rose from the grave on Sunday morning, and he met with his disciples on Sunday night, and I believe my blessed Lord died on Wednesday night. That's why we meet in the middle of the week, because he died on Hallelujah Wednesday rather than Good Friday. As Jonah was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, even so must the Son of Man be. Must the Son of Man be. Must the Son of Man be. Three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. How in the world you can get three days and three nights from Friday till Sunday morning? I don't think you can do it to save your neck. You can sure find it from Wednesday. He died late on Wednesday. Yielded up the ghost. Into thy hands I commend my spirit. It is finished. Praise God, the work of salvation was finished for you and me. People can't even honor the Lord Jesus Christ enough to even get off work. I would not take a job that I had to work on Sunday. You're already in the army, right, fellas? 
you got to do your job. But every chance you get, you ought to tell them, I want to get off and go to church on Sunday. We better take this general on and the whole army on about the Lord's Day, lest we lose our, our Christianity to all these Wiccans and all these Muslims. Amen? They stop everything over there and bow down. Well, every day they do that, do they? Every day, five times a day. Isn't that sad? I know people in Buffalo, New York, Roman Catholics go to, go to Mass every, every morning, every morning, every day, and they don't know Christ. Isn't that sad? So religious, but so lost. Worshiping the Christ of the church, and yet they don't know what, it's not true worship because they don't know the one they're worshiping. Saying Hail Marys to, a, to the mother of the Lord Jesus, and she didn't want anybody praying to her. She was always directing him to my son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Whatever he saith unto you, do it. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad for great is your reward in heaven for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Look at Matthew 9, 37 and 38. Matthew 9, 37 and 38. I'd like to get back on what I'm saying. We're to preach the word. We're not only to preach about the word, we're to preach the word. I don't think we ought to spend all our time telling how we got our Bible. We ought to preach the Bible. Although that is important. I'm not saying it's not important. But the Lord Jesus didn't spend any time with it at all. Hello? John the Baptist didn't spend any time with it at all. So, Brother Matthew, we do well not to spend too much time on how we got our Bible. Just preach it! Preach it! And preach it! God has said, I'll bless my word if a mule preaches it. He did better than Balaam, didn't he? I've been a good mule. What are you beating me for? Can't you look? Open your eyes, boy! Boss, did you see them? All those swords and everything going there? I just saved your life, the donkey tells him. Amen? Fell down right under him. Here he's beating it. The donkey has more wisdom than Balaam, the prophet. Dollar signs. Money had blinded his eyes. The love of money is the root of all evil. And if you love pleasure... Uh, too much pleasure will make it so you never have any money. Let read the proverbs. Mm-hmm. You'll have never. You won't even have enough. You'll run around in rags. You stick to the bottle and pleasure. No, you're supposed to seek God. There's pleasures forevermore up there. All right, we're closing up, Lord, the message, unless the Lord leads otherwise. Chapter nine of Matthew thirty-seven and thirty-eight. Then saith he unto. His disciples, boy, that blesses me. Then saith he unto his disciples, as we're reading through the Old Testament, as we said on Sunday, it says, Thus saith the Lord. Only about a thousand times in your Bible, it says, Thus saith the Lord. (laughs) And then we're to go about finding out if it's inspired. God just takes it for granted. Thus saith the Lord, said the prophets. 
So listen or don't listen, that's your business. Be blessed or be cursed, that's your business. My business is to say, thus saith the Lord. And here we have it in the New Testament. Then saith he to, unto his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore. This is a command from Jesus. Pray ye therefore, Jesus is saying, the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. There are some people who think a preacher ought to be out digging a ditch or pounding nails or have another trade. I think that minimizes the, the, the calling of preaching the gospel. That's what I think it does. I like to get people out of the secular stuff. Oh, wouldn't you like to, preacher, wouldn't you like to uh, make some more money selling Amway? No. No, I'd rather be poor and rich in God up in glory. I have no time. It's more important to preach the gospel. If I don't know where the next meal or the next bill is going to be paid, thank you anyhow, but find some other sucker. I'm calling God. More important things. And preachers' wives and missionaries' wives have no business selling Mary Kay or any other bunch of junk. I had a couple of them come to my church. And the preacher's wife trying to make money on the side. I, no, no. They too shall be one flesh. If it's wrong for the preacher, it's wrong for the preacher's wife. She should be praying for her man. Praying for God's will and trusting God for every meal, like the little widow. And by the way, like the widow's husband. Doesn't seem like the prophet said to, said to the widow, well, your husband wasn't very careful with his money. Or you wouldn't be in the mess you're in. Huh? Now, couldn't they say that to Brother Jim? Well, you're, you're not a very good saver, are you, Brother Jim Aviar? Oh, you're not very good with your finances. You wouldn't have been between insurance policies. You know what I, I told him on Sunday? I said, that's a bunch of trash. I don't even want to hear that garbage. I said, get thee behind me, Satan. That's the devil talking. There was a day when nobody had insurance. They just had God. And he was enough then, and he's enough today. We're in the age where everybody's got to have insurance. Well, John R. Rice never had insurance. He said, I just trust the Lord. I didn't say you ought to sell all your insurance. You do what God wants you to do. But I'll tell you what, God, we have the assurance that God will provide if we have insurance or if we don't have any insurance. Amen? I'd say some of you are trusting Uncle Sam's army too much and, and you need to trust the Lord in your life. Isn't that right? Some of you have been in harmony. How long have you been in there? 15 years? 12, 15 years, you start getting used to that paycheck all the time. The whole government would have to go under before the soldiers would lose their, their paycheck, right? Huh? Well, I think you ought to trust God in the Army or in the Navy, like I was in the Navy or in any military. You still ought to trust God every day for everything and not be so satisfied with all this is going to be. Matt, every dime comes through your fingers. God gave it to you, whether it's through the government, the Army, Navy, or anything else. And you better be careful with every penny that comes through your hand. You're accountable to Almighty God, for He gave you life. He gave you strength. He gave you every dollar you've ever made. He gave you the strength to make it, or He just gave it to you for doing nothing. Amen? Everything you have came from God. You're going to meet God with the way you use the money God put in your hands and in your pocket. 
I'm going to say another thing. You men are going to meet God with putting your wife out to work when you ought to get another job if necessary. Keep your wife home so your children have someone to come home to so they're not sinning in the house because mom and daddy are both gone and they bring their neighbors and kids and all, the, all their friends from school in there and sin right there in your own house. Come home to a dead cold note on the table because mama's out there working just like daddy. She's an officer of the law. Little pipsqueak. We had one come over and try to stop our meeting, didn't she? Tried to stop our tent meeting. A police officer. Little scrawny little thing. She couldn't even pull a trigger on a 45. I know it. It blown her hand right off. I said, go home and, and nurse your baby. I say, well, I wouldn't do that. No, you're not me either. and You're not God called like I am either. I'll just say what God tells me to say. I say, well, you embarrassed her. She needs to be embarrassed. She, gets, she needs to get home with her husband or get her a husband. And get her a baby too. Amen. If God won't give her one by normal birth, get another one. Amen. That's what God made women for. Aren't you glad you had a mother? Don't you judge me too hard, harshly. Aren't you glad you have a mother? Huh? Kind of good. Mom's right there, isn't she? Huh? You have to call on the phone and say, Mom, when are you going to get off work? I, I, I feel, I got a cold. I feel just terrible. Oh, just get in bed, honey. I'll be home in about five hours. Because, you know, I can't leave work. I, they'd fire me. Oh, that goes over real big. Your offerings get bigger and bigger when you preach like this, but I'm going to preach it anyhow. The Bible says women are to be keepers at home that the word of God be not blasphemed, and that's just what it means. And you men are responsible. You say, we can't make it on my paycheck. You need to pull your belt in and just do what's right. Your mother, your children need their mother. Say, oh, they don't need me now because they're teenagers. Oh, that's when they do need you. Oh, Oh, yeah. Oh, that's when they really need you when they get to be teenagers. When that guy is just going buggy at school over your daughter. Huh? One guy in school, he said, he said to me at a ball game, Hey, have you seen Harvey's sister? That was my first girl. He was way down the hall. He said, yeah, it kind of makes you drool, doesn't it? My daughter, if you, you see her. My firstborn, she was a knockout. And then they said, who's he? The old man down there. Wanted to go up and say, leave my daughter alone. Just shut your mouth, boys. Huh? The devil's got some guy out there to ruin every one of your daughters. He's out there somewhere. And for your boys, got some stupid girl that has no morals or no, no convictions because her mother left her to herself. A child left to himself will bring his mother to shame. And they're out there to get your young boy. And they'll put him to bed crying every night too. Well, amen. You say, well, you shouldn't preach so much, Preacher Harvey. Well, I like John Winstead. He's up in heaven. He said, if the Lord brings it up, I bring it out. Amen. I want to know, I want you to know one thing. Not one of us read our Bible too much last year. Not one of us prayed too much last year. Not one of us loved the church too much last year. There's not one of us who loved Jesus too much last year. It's not one of us who loved his book too much last year. There's not one of us that loved souls too much last year. 
There's not one of us who won too many souls to Christ last year. There's not one of us that wept over sinners too much last year. So let's get going. Don't wait for George to get burdened about souls. Just run him over, amen, going after sinners. Don't wait till George gets fired up. We don't have any Georges around here, so we'll pick on George. Don't wait till George gets fired up. He may never get fired up about anything about it but his automobile. And souls are perishing. Rescue the perishing. Fanny Crosby got excited about souls. Not one of us memorized too many scripture verses last year. Amen. Some things you can't do too much. And by the way, I, I need to go a step further. There's not one of you gave too much money to, to, to the Lord last year either. Hmm? No, you can't, you can't give too much to our lovely Lord Jesus. He gave us all when he gave his soul at Calvary. Let's bow our heads for prayer.